How's it going, everybody? Man, we are so excited for uh, everything that's going to be going on this weekend. As he, as Pastor Dave said, we have a, uh, a full house for tomorrow night's uh, Harvest Fest. It's going to be so exciting. In fact, as soon as we're done here at the 11 o'clock service, we have just tons of volunteers going to come in here and transform this place. And it's so cool to see how just everybody comes together to make all the events that we're, we put on here uh, happen. And so we're excited about that. We've got people going through the candy just one at a time, making sure that they all look legit so that we can give those out to the kids so that we have a really safe time. So now I'm just really excited about tomorrow. And as, as uh, Pastor Day said, please pray for that event, that it would be extremely successful. Well, um, We've got a lot to cover today, so I want to just jump into prayer. And again, I want to welcome you here, those of you who are out in, in the Faith Center, and those of you who are watching online, we want to welcome you as well. We're so glad you're out there joining us. But uh, we've got a lot to cover, as I said, so let me, uh, let me open up our time in a word of prayer, okay? <clears throat> Father, this is an exciting weekend, and we just thank you so much for the way that you have been working here at South Bay Community Church. I thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for blessing us. And thank you, God, for all the volunteers who make an event like Harvest Fest tomorrow night possible. And Father, we take nothing for granted. We ask, God, for your presence to be here, to protect us, to protect every child, protect every family, that they would have such a blessed time that, that they'll see that church is a place that they want to be at all the time. And Father, will you, you know, we're excited for this morning, and I, I just ask that you would just bless our time. I pray, Father, that your power would come upon each and every one of us, that your Holy Spirit would fill us and your Holy Spirit would speak to us today through Pastor Igor and Lena. So, God, we need you. We're desperate for you. Will you please touch us? Even those watching online, Father, right now, just reach into to homes, reach into office places and speak to us. So thank you, Father. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I bring up our guests, and uh, they're actually not guests anymore. If they've been here twice, you're not a guest, right? They're, we consider them part of our family. I wanted to tell you a little bit about uh, our trip to the Philippines. I, as you know, um, uh, Cheryl and I went to the Philippines in late August through uh, the early part of September. And by the way, this shirt that I'm wearing is a, is a, is a gift that I received while I was there. Uh, it's called a barong, and it is the national, uh, it is the national dress shirt of the Philippines. It is it's considered uh, like a tuxedo, and so I was so excited, and I, I wanted to wear it today. And uh, it's a gift uh, from Congressman Gus and Joy Tabunting and their son Isaac, and, and they were so good to us. They, they just treated us uh, very hospitable to us in Manila, um, and so thank you uh, to, to them. You know, the purpose of our trip was to train uh, leaders and pastors on the island of Bohol, which is, uh, which is about 98% Catholic. Philippines is made up of many, many islands, hundreds of islands, and this is one of the larger ones. About 1.3 million people live there, and uh, pr again, predominantly Catholic, 9.8, 98% Catholic, very few um, evangelical Christians there. And so we had a chance to go there and train pastors, and it was such a thrill uh, for us to do that. But one of the highlights of our trip was visiting a small house church at the home of Roy and Jocelyn Velasquez. And after they had a little service, this is a group. We took a group picture, and we, we met outside, and it was really, well, yeah, we met outside. And in the back there, you can see a, a patio, and uh, that's where they have their services. Here's a close-up shot of the patio. 
but uh, you can see the patio there. And in the very back, uh, you'll see a screen, a 65-inch screen. Well, I just, want you to, I just want you to know, church, that South Bay Community Church provided that screen, and we provided that awning for that patio because of your support. We, we, we started supporting them uh, every single month, and, and it's your, your giving that makes all that possible. But we had services there. They have a thriving kids' crew ministry. That's what they call their kids' crew ministry, kids' crew, their children's ministry. And then they have a growing uh, youth ministry as well. Unfortunately, they don't have a pastor yet, but we're hoping that that will happen very, very soon. And so right now, uh, the church is being led um, by Roy and Jocelyn, of course, but there are three local pastors who come in every single week. They take turns. They come in every week just to, to teach God's word to this small and growing congregation, Pastor Bong, uh, Pastor Jerson, and Pastor Dennis. And we, we so appreciate their, their interest in this ministry and their support of it. Now, you, you might be interested to know that when the moment Cheryl and I walked uh, into this place, this, again, this is their home, uh, we were greeted by all kinds of folks, and, and, and many of them said to us, hey, we know you, we see you every weekend, we watch you online every single weekend. And so that, that is so cool. So South Bay Community Church, we're going out to the Philippines and who knows where else, and, and it's such a blessing. Um, I could tell you that the genesis of this house church in Bohol, Philippines, goes back around eight years when Roy and Jocelyn first started attending our church. They came here with their son, Matthew, about eight years ago. And while they were here, that's when they got a glimpse of what church can be like and what it ought to be like. And so several years ago, they got a call to go back home. So they said, okay, we're moving back home. And they said, we're really sad to leave our South Bay family. So Pastor Gary, would, would, would you be interested? Would you help us? Would you partner with us? to start a church in, on Bohol, uh, a South Bay community church type of a church on Bohol. And my response to them was, well, if, if we have a pastor, we'll absolutely help you because you can't do something without a leader. So I said, we need a pastor. We need to pray for a leader. Well, God hasn't brought a pastor yet, but he will be. He will. But they moved back. And that didn't stop them. Them not having a pastor did not stop them. So they just started, they just said, we're going to have a Bible study. And anyone can lead a Bible study. So they started leading a Bible study. People started coming. And they started, the kids came. So they started teaching kids. They had classes for kids and, and you know, crafts and all kinds of things. And then some of those kids in the last three years, they kind of grew up and they became teenagers. And so they had to bring Pastor Dennis in and he goes in there a couple times a week and leads a youth group. And uh, God has been bringing all kinds of people, just crazy stuff, bringing all kinds of people all without a pastor in the last three years. Well, this weekend, and their Sunday, I think, believe it's late Sunday evening now, today they celebrated their third anniversary as a house church, and they baptized 15 people. Take a look at this. The ones in the T-shirts there on the bottom... They baptized 15 people, and it's just crazy. And then to celebrate, they gave away some of these gifts. Take a look at that. They gave away these mugs. Look at that. Look at that. South Bay Community Church, Bohol. Isn't that crazy? And then they gave away these hats, and they gave away these bags. 
And that is so cool. And I want one of each, right? So uh, I hope you're watching, you know. <laughs> but uh, as I said, I could tell you that the genesis of Roy and Jocelyn's little house church can be traced back eight years ago to when they first came here and got kind of the vision for having a church there. But actually, it goes back further than that. And it doesn't go back just 10 years, and it doesn't go back just 30 years or even 100 years. It goes back 2,000 years. That's the genesis of their church. I mean, I don't know if you remember what happened, but let me kind of set the setting for you. It was the Feast of, uh, the feast of Pentecost. Remember, everything happened on a feast day. Uh, significant things happened on a feast day. So it was the Feast of Pentecost, which meant it was 50 days after the resurrection of Christ, and the, after the Passover and the resurrection of Christ. Now, it would have been 2,000 years ago, Passover, or Passover feast, feast of uh, Pentecost. This would have been around 30, 33 A.D., just depending on which calendar you're following, 30, 33 A.D., right? Hear more details of that first church, Acts chapter 1. Starting in verse 12, it says, and I'll just put it up here for you. It says, and they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem. So they were on the Mount of Olives. They just went down the mountain, crossed over the valley, and up to Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. And all these were with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120. All right, so what this tells us, that the Feast of Pentecost was approaching. So they went from the Mount of Olives, they went to the city of Jerusalem, went to uh, an upper room somewhere, second story probably, maybe three stories, I'm not sure. And there were about 120 people there. They were all gathered there, and they were praying, right? So that's, that's what's going on. And then this happened, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, in that upper room, 120 of them, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And it was at that moment, it was at that moment that the Holy Spirit of God came to planet Earth, fill them, and the church was born. You see, the church started in Jerusalem with approximately 120 people. And then what happened? Peter got up and he preached. He went outside and he preached and all these people heard. And that day, 3,000 people were added to their church. Take a look at it. It's all spelled out in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And now, church is at by the end of the day, it's at 3,120 people. Two chapters later, it tells us in Acts 4.4 that the number of believers swelled about 5,000 people. And I'll just put that up here for you, and I highlighted that part. And then church historians believe that by 100 A.D., 100 A.D., that would have been about 1,900 years ago, there were 7,500 Christ followers. And then by 150 A.D., there were about 40,000 Christians and then according to a sociologist named Rodney Stark who wrote a book called Cities of God, by the year 350 A.D., by the year 350, that's 317 years after the resurrection of Christ, there were more than 30 million Christ followers throughout the known world. And there were so many Christ followers that Christianity was actually declared the official religion of the Roman Empire. 
And that was pretty crazy when you think about the fact that it was Nero, one of the Roman emperors, who went out and killed Christians. And now 350 years later, 317 years later, Christianity had become the official religion of the, of the, of the world because it had spread. And so I believe, not to, and by the way, today there are hundreds of millions of Christ followers. I don't believe it's in the billions. I believe it's in the hundreds of millions. That's what I'm, I'm reading. Hundreds of millions, maybe 700, maybe 800 million. I hope it would be more than that. But because, you know, you, you add all the other groups into it, then they come up with 2 billion. And, and I don't believe that's an accurate number. But, but, but I believe that you could attribute the spread of Christianity to three things. First, you could attribute it to persecution, especially in the early days. Acts 8.1, he put another verse up here for you. And there rose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. That was the first church. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And so persecution scattered that first church. So they went from Jerusalem to all kinds of other places. And they, they scattered abroad. They, they went overseas. They went everywhere. And you know what Christians did when they were scattered because of persecution? Well, they didn't go into hiding. They didn't go underground. They didn't go incognito. They didn't start living in fear, and they didn't stop meeting together. No, they, they doubled down. Verse, Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says, and now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. They went about preaching the word. They, they doubled down. They just, they just kept telling others about Jesus. That's what got them into trouble in the first place. They were persecuted for their faith, for telling others about Jesus. And they, they scattered and said, okay, let's keep doing it. And they just kept telling others about Jesus. And thus, Christianity spread because of persecution, especially in those early days. Second, Christianity spread because believers took what Christ said to heart. They took what he said to heart. See, moments before Jesus ascended into heaven, after his resurrection, he had one final chat with his followers. It wasn't so much a farewell speech as it was kind of a pep talk. I mean, he knew he was going to see them again, so it wasn't a farewell speech, but it was a pep talk. And here's one of the things he said to them. It's recorded in Mark 16, verse 15. Again, I'll put it up here for you. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. I want you to go and preach the gospel to the whole world. In other words, don't keep me to yourself, right? Don't keep what I did for you to yourself. Tell others about who I am. Tell others about what I did. And notice he said, tell everyone, right? Tell everyone. Go into all the world. Go into all the world and uh, preach to the, all of creation. And thus the second reason why the church grew was because they took his words to heart. They said, oh, the Lord wants us to go, so we got to go. We better go because he wants us to go. Finally, the third reason why the church grew was simply because people couldn't stop talking about Jesus. They couldn't stop talking about him. In fact, right after Acts 4.4, where it says that many believed about the number came to about 5,000. I'll put that verse up here for you again. We just looked at it. John and Peter said this in verse 20. So right after this, a little bit further down, John and Peter said this, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. We can't help it. We can't shut up. We just got to keep telling 
everybody about Jesus. Because why? Because they were so blown away by who Jesus was. They were so blown away by the fact that God sent his one and only son in human flesh, clothed in human flesh to planet Earth, to suffer and to die on a cross for their sins. And they were so overwhelmed by what he did for them that they couldn't keep it to themselves. They just, they couldn't shut up. They just had to tell others. And, and it didn't matter to them what it cost them. They, they were going to do whatever it took. It didn't matter what sacrifices they had to make. It, it didn't matter to them that they might get pushback from it. No, they were willing to do whatever it took to make him known because Jesus was worth it. He was worth it. And that's why Christianity spread. And this is the genesis of Roy and Jocelyn's little house church in Bohol. It goes back 2,000 years because, of, because Christianity spread because of persecution, because Christ followers took him at his word, and because they couldn't stop speaking about his name. And, and that's the way it's been. That's why we're here. Because somebody told somebody about Jesus, who told somebody about Jesus, who told somebody about Jesus, and somebody told me about Jesus, and somebody told you about Jesus, and so here we are. I mean, we wouldn't be here if there weren't folks that came before us that kept telling others about Jesus. And why do we do that? Because he is so worth it. So here's my question for you. Is he so worth it to you? Is Jesus so worth it? to you because of what he did for you, that you're willing to go, that you're willing to serve him, that you're willing to do whatever it takes. You're, you don't care about the pushback. You don't care what it costs. You don't care what it takes. You're just going to go. I hope you will. I hope you put that in action. Serve him. I hope that I want to challenge every one of you, if you are able, I want to challenge every one of you to consider going on at least one mission trip in your lifetime, preferably one every single year, even for, even for four days, even for a week, some, just a short-term mission trip. It will change your life. You think you're going to go there to, to offer these people, we're going to give them hope. No, you're the one that comes back blessed. It is absolutely amazing. Consider going to the Philippines. Consider going to Bohol and helping Jocelyn Roy out with their little church for just a week or two weeks. Consider going to Japan next year or, or to Baja. We're going to have more trips to Baja. Consider going to Uganda or to Florida. Pastor Dave mentioned about that. Just, just for four days to help them clean up and all the opportunities that presents itself to, to, to pray for people and to minister to people. It's amazing. Or how about Ukraine? We plan to have more short-term mission trips next year. As long as COVID continues to, to, get, to, to decline, we're, gonna, we're hoping to have more short-term mission trips next year than, than we've ever had. We want to give you an opportunity to go. And, then, and if you can't go, I mean, you can, you can give toward those who want to go. You can, you can give to the ministries. And uh, we have a ministry here called Chat Lab. I don't know if you know about that, but we have a group of people here led by James and Elaine Chu. And it's, it's a ministry called Chat Lab. It's a ministry to, to international people. And every twice uh, a month, every other Thursday, I think, they meet here at the church. And they just, the word spreads and they've got, people, they've got people of all ages who come, and they come from places like Japan and Burma and Venezuela and El Salvador and Colombia and Vietnam and Korea, and some of them don't speak very good English, but they come here wanting friends, and so they 
minister to them and they have fun together and they do things together. The other, the other night they were here carving pumpkins. They had never carved a pumpkin before. But they always hear a message about Jesus. They always find that about Jesus. We have that ministry as well. So I hope you'll consider going because Jesus is worth it. Now, speaking of Ukraine, as you know, last February, Russia invaded Ukraine. And that world, that war, unfortunately, is still going on. One of the good things that came out of that is that we became friends with Pastor Igor and his wife, Lena. Pastor Igor leads, the, I believe it's the largest church in Ukraine. In, it's there located in Kiev, in the capital city. And he's also the president of the largest seminary in all of Eastern Europe. And by the way, if you, um, I, gotta, I forgot this note here, but if you're interested in chat lab, um, I don't know, Brandon, I don't know if you can put that up, but uh, we have an email for them. It's sbccchatlab at gmail. If you want to get more information, go ahead and email them, and uh, they'll get back to you. But Pastor Igor leads a large church and a large seminary. And the last time they were with us was, in, was back in May, and then right after they were with us, they returned home. And, and when they were here, they told us about how the bombs had destroyed their seminary just blew it out, and, and they described their harrowing escape from Ukraine to Poland, and then they were able to make it out here because their daughter lives out here in Santa Clarita. And then they returned home in May, and what brought them back out here was the speaking engagement uh, back in the Midwest and in Seattle, and then he said, we're going to be in Southern California to see our daughter and grandkids this weekend. He says, we want to come and worship with you. And I said, well, you can come worship with us, but we're going to have you come up here and share a few words. All right. So they're here today. Um, if you would give them a warm South Bay welcome as they come on up here. And as they're making their way up here, let me open up our, let me, let me pray for just the, the time that we're going to have right now, okay? Father, thank you so much. Man, we are so excited to see Pastor Igor and Lana. And as, as they say to us all the time, um, we're alive by the grace of God. And that is so true. We thank you so much for the grace of God that is upon them because the things that they have been through, uh, it, just, it just boggles the mind. And Lord, right now, as they share a little bit of their story and all that you've been doing in their lives back in Ukraine, will you just bless our time and will you speak to us? And Lord, help us to remember as, as they share their story that they're there doing all that they do because you are so worth it. So thank you, Father. We are so excited about this time. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So hey, welcome. So have a seat and tell us, so how are you, how are you doing and uh, how are things back at home? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, uh, good morning, everybody. And we are so thankful to you for your prayers, for your love, and for your helpful support. You know, like every time when we, when we are in your church, we feel like at home. So it's amazing that we have, you know, huge God's family. And uh, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make difference where you're going in the world you'll find your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, when we came back home, you know, uh, we find out that war is still going on, and actually it's, uh, it's come worse, you know, and because Russians used all different techniques, and now they use these drones, you know, like a bomb drones, and uh, you know we are living in 25 floor building on the 12th floor, 
and every time a siren was going on, you need to go down uh, to the bomb shelter, but uh, you cannot use elevator. You need to walk from 12th floor down, and can you imagine five times during the night to walk down and up, you know? Uh, what kind of sleep you will have? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we decided we will we'll not go down. We will just stay at home and pray. Uh, because I said it's better to go up one time, you know, to the Lord, <laughs> than go down five times <laughs> during the night, you know. Uh, so, but God is good and he is uh, protecting our life and we are still alive. And, uh, and uh, as I said, thank you for your prayers because every time when missile coming through, uh, coming by, uh, we understand that this is because of your prayers, because somebody praying for us. And especially when we have night, you have day, and this is when you're praying for us, you know. So we appreciate a lot. I'm so thankful also, my brother and sister, to be here. It's a privilege for us to be here among you. And I also would like to encourage you, you know, sometimes in our Christian life, we pray about something, and we feel that God is not answering prayers, and we get discouraged. But today, because we are here, we would like to know God answer your prayers. Because we are here, this is your prayers. Wow. Thank you, brother and sister, and thank God for allowing us to be here. Thank you. You know, you, there is so much joy in your, in your, in your countenance and in your, in your voice. Uh, and we, we, it's easy to look at you and go, oh, the, things are great there, you know, like, but, but, but in reality, things are really bad there, yeah. right? Can you give us an idea of just how bad things are? And of course, of course you're also not only are you having drone strikes, uh, and you, you know people who have been killed because of the drone strikes, uh, but you're also living now under the threat of a possible nuclear attack, right? So what's kind of the mood there, and what's life like there on a kind of a daily basis in terms of getting supplies and food and, and electricity, power? Uh, yes, uh, you know, right now Russia is trying to destroy all infrastructure. So they attack, you know, heating plants, electrical plants. So we will be not able to have electricity. And if you don't have electricity, you don't have water because it's pumps by, you know, uh, electricity. And uh, you don't have heat. And winter is coming. And our winter is pretty cold. It's like minus 20, you know, below zero. So our prayer request is that uh, God will give us mild uh, winter this time, you know. Uh, so please pray for that. And uh, we have some food, but uh, prices for food going up because and uh, food cannot be delivered in time because of electricity again, you know, problems with electricity and, and gas, you know. Um, but, you know, in, in, in the midst of all of that, people still... Uh, we're joyful and they praise in God and worship uh, and our church is full of people you know and we are praising God for that but of course it's really we do have fear it's not like we are here relaxing because it's so calm here peaceful but when we are at home especially when you hear the uh, siren alarm comes and you look in a window, you try, you know, you try and first hide yourself, but you always have desire to look in a window, what is going on? And a few times we had see drones, like bomb drones comes, we do have fear. And we pray to, to God, but it, in the midst of this difficult time, God give us peace. And this peace we cannot explain. It's only God could give. 
But uh, what Igor just said, you know, all uh, everybody in Ukraine have this fear. Even kids, every school was started from September 1st, and only schools were allowed to open which one has bomb shelter. Every kid at school, they have a, their own backpack to go to school, and also they have alarm case. In a, an alarm case, they have food for a few days, they have phone numbers of the parents, they have water, and every morning when parents send their kids to school, they don't know when they're going to see them again because they could be spending a few days, nobody knows, like every hour, you, you don't know what could happen. You cannot plan your day, you know, I, I know Special American likes to have a schedule for every hour in their life. <laughs> we don't have this schedule anymore. Uh, you plan it to go to the store to buy things, when alarm come, you cannot go anywhere, everything shut down. And it could be alarm going on from one hour, to five hours, the longest was for eight hours. We were not allowed to go anywhere, just stay in a bomb shelter. This is our life there, but still, you know, God in control, and he, we know that our lives in his hands, and it's give us a joy to worship him. Well, they certainly have the joy of the Lord in their hearts, don't you? I mean, it's just so evident. So how, how are the seminary, how's the seminary going? And how, how is the church going? Because this, the, the seminary is located about 10 miles from where the church is at, right? Uh, yes, you know. Well, when we came back, uh, we decided to start to rebuild seminary, uh, to start educational process. And first of all, uh, in the beginning of September, we decided to do graduation. And we graduated 169 students wow. during the war. Uh, yeah, praise the Lord. You can, you can see slide number one. There it uh, is. Yeah, this is graduation. Yeah, graduation. And two, slide number two. See, this is joy of graduation. Yeah, I'm, I, I always wonder when people, young people go to school, they're so happy that they were accepted by school, you know. And then they're more happy than when they graduated school. So it's kind of interesting. And after graduation, we started to enroll new students, you know. And we understood because of the war, it's impossible to have lots of students. And we were praying that God will give us maybe 50 new students. But we didn't get 50. God gave us 150 new students. And it's slide number three. And I noticed that in this picture, there are windows in the first one with the graduating class. There were no windows. Yeah. So you're beginning to do some work on, right. on that yeah. as well. Right, yeah. We continue to do some work And slide number four uh, and then five. Uh, we are changing windows. We need to change like 150 windows. And we had a group of, a group of young men, our students who came, and they did all this work for three days. You know, they're such a hard workers. But even like to change windows, you know, here, if you have a break window, you could order the next day, they could bring you. There, we were waiting for four months because so many homes without windows, you just a long line for waiting until they'll make a window. And, they, you know, and it was three days, you said, yeah? It was 150 windows. Is that just because of the... Uh concussion from the bombs that just shatters all the windows? Yeah, yes, yeah. Because when seminar was bombed, all windows just blew up, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, because seminary, uh, after that, we decided to start educational process, and right now we have students in the seminary, and they study in the seminary. Uh, of course, uh, it's only half capacity of the seminary, mm -hmm. but young men continue to go to school because they understood the importance of study Bible, 
even it's a war, but you know, when we have war, we need to have more prepared ministers to, to serve people because people are so open for gospel now. So, so, so explain that. Pastor Igor and Leda, I mean, you said people are open to the gospel. Is God moving in Ukraine right now? I mean, is he moving? And if so, how? Yes, yeah, God is moving in Ukraine right now. And our churches are full of non-Christian people, you know. Some churches has uh, like 50 believers and 200 or 400 non-believers every Sunday. Uh, very often, you know, Christians are gathered together on Saturday because in order to reserve Sunday for non-believers because they didn't have enough room. And uh, every, every Sunday in Ukraine, hundreds of people come into the Lord. And uh, I would like just to show you uh, slide, uh, slide number. Uh, okay. Just, uh, where, where is people coming to the world? Yeah, eleven, eleven. <laughs> yeah, eleven. Too many pictures, you know. And uh, also, we decided to start open, uh, you know, extensions of the seminary in Europe because five million Ukrainians flee to Europe because of the war. And I told uh, our church members, you flee from the war, but you cannot flee from your pastor. So I find them in Germany, in Polish, in Prague, and we opened our branches of uh, our seminary in Prague, in Germany, in uh, uh, yeah, number six. Uh, it, it's uh, Warsaw, Poland, number seven, uh, it's Prague, and number eight is uh, Seattle uh, in America, you know. So, uh, like, you know, before when I was in America, and, I, and Americans will ask me, uh, what name of your seminary? And I said, European Biblical Seminary. And they said, you mean European uh, Biblical <laughs> Seminary? I said, no, it's European. They said, European? I said, no, it's European. Now it's European <laughs> Biblical <laughs> Seminary. So God is really expanding your ministry now because you're ministering to, I mean, people are feeling very anxious, depressed. Uh, you're, you're ministering to widows those who've lost their husbands in the war. You're sending chaplains out to the war front to minister to soldiers. I mean, what's that like? And how are the soldiers, where are they at with their faith? Uh, yes, you know, because uh, when soldiers walk in between life and death, you know, and uh, they're so serious about their future and they open for gospel, and the lots of them accept Jesus, their personal savior. And as I said before, on the war, we, didn't have, we don't have any atheists, you know. Everybody believe in God. And everybody see miracles of God. And they can, you know, witness how many times God saved their lives on the war. And this is why it's important to witness gospel to soldiers. If they will be killed, they'll go to heaven if they know Lord. If they don't know Lord, they'll go to hell. So it's like, you know, emergency to bring them to God so they will be able and be prepared to be with him forever. And as we told yesterday, we have about 120 pastors right now. They are in a war fighting right now. But most of their fight is uh, sharing the gospel and pray with the soldiers. This is their fight, you know, fight for the souls. Wow. Yes. And also we have ministry in our church. You know, we have, uh, you know, big church. And uh, when war started, a lot of people moved away. But now they started to come in back. And we have church services, you know, every Sunday, like uh, number nine. 
and uh, number 10. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are continue to do our uh, family ministry for young couples, and uh, mm -hmm. Lenas is continue to do ladies branch. Uh, it's uh, number 12, ladies branch, and number 13, it's uh, family, family ministry. And also we have children's ministry and teenagers ministry and all kind of ministers. And plus we have new ministers, like a ministry to widows. And before, when they say widow, it's mean, you know, uh, it's mean elder woman, maybe 80, maybe 90 years old. Right now we have widows, 20, 25 years old widows with small children mm -hmm. because their husbands were killed uh, on the war. Also, we have a ministry in the hospitals where there's lots of wounded soldiers. Uh, sometimes you just have to come and listen to them, sit with them, but also we have to bring them clothes because so many the soldiers who've been wounded, they're in the hospital and nobody visit them because their wives, their family, somewhere in Europe with the kids. And we have to bring just simple clothes for them to change from military clothes to the real clothes. Yeah. Wow. How, how is... Uh how is God answering prayer there? You, you said that you're here because God has been answering prayer. And what's an example of, yes. of that? Uh, yes, you know, God is answering praying constantly, constantly. And I'll just give you one example. One family, Christian family, they had nine kids. And when siren get on, they were in the room praying. They kneeled down and they prayed to the Lord that God will protect their life. Suddenly, they heard a noise. And you know what's happened? It's uh, slide number 14, 14. Uh, here is a missile came through and it's stuck in the kitchen and it's not exploded because God put his hand on this family and protected them. Yeah. <coughs> Pray the Lord. That's, Pray the Lord. That's one of the most uh, powerful images I've ever seen. So the family of, with nine children, 11, you know, I guess, I guess there's the dead. They're all in the other room praying in the living room as they hear the sirens. And this cruise missile comes right through their kitchen, lands right next to their stove, and it didn't, go, it didn't explode. Right. And if that isn't an, an example of, of God's ability to answer prayer, I don't know what is. You know, that, that is absolutely amazing. It's actually every day we could see God's hands. And like if we have a telegram in our phone, and pastors and other uh, members of different churches, they share how God answered their prayers, you know, and God in control, even it's difficult, but we know God is in control, and it's so helpful to go day by day, you know, that he's control our life. Right, right. But also, you know, not just uh, difficulty of the war siren, but now because of the winter time comes, we have new, uh, <laughs> how you would say, it takes some new difficulty comes. New challenges. New, new challenges. So what, what's going on with that? What kind of challenges are you facing now that winter is here? Well, because, you know, uh, Russians destroy inf infrastructures. They're trying to destroy all, you know, uh, electrical plants and uh, heating plants. So this winter could be very cold for us uh, because no electricity, no gas. And uh, right now we are praying about putting like a wood heater in the church so it will be able to heat by wood. We still have woods, you know, forests, uh, and we can provide wood. Um, but uh, yeah, we need, to, we, need, we need to raise funds to purchase this uh, wood, uh, you know, uh, heater. So you don't have, 
So the, the heat, the electricity, the power is just very intermittent. So you might have it for a few hours a day and then you don't have it, which means the city is completely blacked out, which means that there's no water, there's no uh, heat. Um, I mean, that's why you don't get in the elevator to go up to the 12th floor where they live because you might be going up to the 12th floor and all of a sudden the power gets cut off. And so they were telling me that, that in each elevator there's a bucket, a pail, and a little bit of water in case you get stuck in there for hours. You have to go to the you have to go potty. There's a bucket there for you, and there's also um, some water because you could conceivably be stuck in an elevator for hours at a time. So so things are going to get really difficult. So what do you do when when it's really cold? I mean, what what are you doing to prepare for the cold? I mean, if it gets down to Minus, you know, five degrees, ten degrees. We have to How are you going to do that? We have to prepare not just for the cold, because also no, when there's no water, like we have bathtub. We are not uh, since war started. We never taken bath in a bathtub, just a shower, because bathtub full of water. In case if no water for a few days, we have some water. And right now we've been uh, searching to buy warm clothes. And uh, when will when we have water? We fill all bottles with hot water and put like under the blanket to keep our bed warm. And also we have, you know, uh, lots of things like layers, clothes we are getting. And uh, what else are you doing? Yeah, and to keep uh, water in thermos, you know, big thermoses. And um, also I, I think uh, at, at the church, we would have uh, less services. And when services, now it's even hard to, make the schedule for the service. You could say it started six o'clock, but if no electricity, people would be not able to come because most of the people come in a public transportation. It's subway, subway stop because of no electricity or trolley, it's an electricity, it's stop. And now it would be more or less people come to the church too. And this is our prayers too, that God would allow this, this winter would be more mild and that we'll have more electricity that people would be able to come. That's great. So they, they were just telling me how difficult it is when it's that cold. And I was asking him a little bit about the heater. What, how, how does this heater work? And so I got a picture of it. If you, you could show that picture, um, Brandon, a picture of the heater. This is what the heater looks like. So it's not, a, it's not like a fireplace, but it's, it doesn't use... The amazing thing about this heater is that it doesn't need electricity for it to operate. And this is what you're hoping to buy for the church, and it's about $15,000, all right? So I, I talked to the elders about this, and I said, hey, church, why don't, we, why don't we see if we can raise that money for them this weekend, all right? So if you're interested in contributing toward their heater, uh, I want to invite you over and above your regular giving, because we still have to pay bills here, over and above your regular giving, if you want to give a donation toward the heater, uh, you can do so. Just go to our, our uh, app, Hit push pay. I think you can do it on our website too. And then there's a little there's a little designation there, and just says Ukraine. And, and if you if you give a special gift to that, uh, we'll we'll tally it all up and let them know. And if there's if there's anything extra left, you can use it for your Christmas gifts, and you can give it to you know help help your people out in any way you can. We also would like to have uh, during the Christmas time. This is the best time for outreaching. We'd like to have bigger ministry for families invite lots of new uh, families to the church. And also I have ladies brunch. 
And we, if we would like for Ladies Branch invite more non-Christian people, widows, uh, you know, to have special time. Because in the, midst of, uh, in the middle of all this difficulty, grief, pain, what people have to go, they, uh, they have to hear gospel. And we believe only God could give them real peace and real joy. Yeah. Sounds like a, a real revival is taking place in your country among your people. And that's something that's very exciting. Let me ask you uh, maybe a couple more questions here. One is, you know, when would you be able to receive um, mission teams? I mean, we, you asked us if we would help minister there. And, of course, I answered for everybody. And they said, I said yes. And, uh, right, are we going to go? Will we go? Right? Donna's the first one there. So um, when will you be able to receive mission teams? Well, I think it will be safe for you when this will be, the war will be over, you know, because right now it's difficult to, you know, predict anything. And especially uh, we have this uh, dangers of nuclear war, you know. Even all kids, they require to have Yodan pills with them, you know, uh, because it helps you to, you know, protect you from radiation, you know. So right now, it's not, uh, it's not uh, a good time for you to come, especially, you know, when war is kind of going on and plus cold. You know, for California people, minus 20, it's a little bit too much, a little bit too much. Yeah. Too much stress. Yeah, too much stress, you know. So, so we would like to keep you healthy and alive, you know. Uh, yeah. So, but when war will be over, we would like to, we would like to invite all of you to come. It would be and, lots of work to yeah, do. Yeah, lots yeah. of work. Well, so I want to ask you this. I'm going to close with this, this last question. I mean, you talk about stress, you talk about how difficult the situation, I mean, sirens going off all the time, there's no power, there could be no water um, at times, and yet you're there. W why are you there? Why don't you just stay here? Yeah. You know, what, what would possess you to say, we're going to go back home and we're going to preach the gospel there? Uh, yes, of course, it's, uh, it's nice to stay here, you know, it's warmer here a little bit, you know. And our daughter, only daughter, is here, and our grandchildren is here, are here. But uh, uh, we need to go uh, exactly what Pastor Gary was talking about, because uh, uh, people need the Lord, and we cannot, you know, be quiet about what God, who, who God is, and what He does for us, you know. And also because Jesus is worthy. And it doesn't make difference what it's cost, you know. So we need to go, and we need to minister to people, and we need to be uh, helpful. You know, uh, Ukraine, uh, you know, you, the flag of Ukraine, it's slide number 15. It's uh, yellow and blue. Yeah, uh, here is the symbol of Ukraine. Uh, yellow is uh, field, and blue is sky. And... Uh, and our job is to move people from, from harvest, from yellow section to blue section. So they will become a children of God. And this is why we need to go back home and we need to minister to our people and uh, you know, to be obedient to God's commandments because Jesus said go and uh, because Jesus is worthy. Mm. And it's a privilege to serve him. Uh, you know, this is a joy when uh, you are in Ukraine and see the needs that people in, 
looking and searching for God, you know, and you just humble before God and say, God, I'm so grateful I could be used for, for your glory. Please keep us in your prayer that God would give us wisdom how to, better, to be a better servant of Christ. Well, you know what? So I, I, let's all stand, and I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask Pastor Igor to pray for us, okay? And then I'll, at the end of the service, I will uh, pray for them. But if you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind praying for us, pray that, that everyone in our church, even those who are watching online, that we would be so moved with the recognition and understanding that Jesus is worth it. Yes. And that we would be willing, our church would be willing to go wherever God calls us. We would be willing to do whatever God calls us to do, that we wouldn't be concerned about, you know, the sacrifices that are made, that, uh, that have to be made, that, uh, that we will just be obedient to his, his call because, uh, because he's worth it. Would you just yes. pray that for us? Sure. Yes. Uh, our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for your mercy, for your love, for your faithfulness. We are so thankful to you for Jesus who died for us on the cross. We are so thankful to you for Holy Spirit that you sent to the earth. And we're so thankful to you for your church. And I am so thankful for South Bay Community Church, for my brothers and sisters here in California. And I would like to ask your blessing upon them and their families and their ministry. And help, Lord, everybody to understand your great commission that you would like us to go, not just sit in our comfort zone, but go to the world and preach gospel to lost people and help, Lord, everybody to understand that and uh, do this in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters. We are th so thankful for their prayers, for their support, for their love, for this family that we have. It is amazing that we didn't know each other. We speak different languages. We live in different parts of the world, but you made us one by the blood of your son. And we are glorifying your name. You are worthy. Yes, we love you, Lord. We are asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't you just love these guys, huh? Thank you so much. Thank you so much.